If nobody turned that one steer the four times you ran that night, you didn't get a turn in. You just didn't get to row. <laughs> Who in the heck loans you $30,000 to go rodeo? What are you talking about? We get done. We're like, this sucks. We're still going to do it. I, I can't stand it. So I just go up to him and I, I am like, is there something wrong with your brain? So we're officially hey, going. Unoffendable. You know, yeah, that that is our that really is our man. The name of the podcast is the Flatbed Podcast, and the reason it's for that is the Flatbed is like <laughs> so. <laughs> we are, as always, brought to you by Classic Ropes and Equinity Products. We at the Flatbed want to tell you thank you for telling your friends and family. Our growth has been actually pretty surprising to us also, but what would be a giant help would be if you would rate and review the podcast. It's how you get found in uh, other people's podcast apps where, you know, the compare. It's kind of hard to explain. I just know that it's a giant help when you go rate and review the podcast. My buddy, David Sharp. Uh, So David, here's what I like about David's story is that being a horse trainer, one of the things you got to do, you know, you pay your dues, right? You end up riding two-year-olds. You're going to train rope horses, but that also includes taking what horses you can get. David has found a niche, not only training rope horses. Um, he won the the limited, I think it was last year at the Futurity One Second, the limited, something like that at the rope horse Futurity. But he's also really committed himself to riding two-year-olds. You know, there's a lot of guys that'll say, yeah, we'll take them. We'll get going on them, but they got to be broke. They got to have a handle on them. David has said, send me whatever you got. You send them to me. I'll take them start to finish. So good guy. Him and I talk. Of all the people we've done on this podcast, him and I probably talk more than anybody else that we've had on here. So um, good guy, good, good guy to get to know. Like I said, maybe somebody that wouldn't have met the, the spotlight. Really excited to have him on, David Sharp. It is a new day at the Flatbed Podcast. Let me tell you what I'm doing to tell you how it affects you. We are going into basically our second season. We're not calling it a season because I don't even know why you would do that. I mean, we're into our second year. That's all that means. We're adding a subscription option. What that means is not you have to pay to listen to every episode, but what we're doing is we're recording bonus content for every episode. With every guest, we're asking stupid questions. We're going completely off script. We're just going according to what we think would be funny. Um, it's just bonus content. And what I what I found is you get a little a little better look into the person that's on the, on the podcast. Instead of being stiff or formal, um, we start off with bonus content. We ask stupid questions. You get the like the live reaction. We've said it's like an ink blot test, right? You just say whatever comes to mind first. I personally have enjoyed it. I've I've loved the bonus content because, like I said, you get to see a different side of whoever's in uh, the studio uh, for the month. It's five bucks for the month for the entire month, which comes out to about like a dollar, a little like a dollar twenty-five per episode. So less than a Dr Pepper, you get to listen to all the bonus content. You can click on it and add. Now, here's what this does. By helping fund a little bit of what we're doing, it allows some travel to places that we would like to go. Um, I was watching YouTube last night about the bullfights, and I was like, man, how cool would it be if we could go to Spain someday and talk to the people that run the bullfighting rings, right? Like, go talk to the people that own the horses that are part of that. Like, And I'm only using that as an example. We're not trying to fund a trip to Spain, but... Uh, you know, I would, I would love the option to financially be able to go to the places where things are happening that are interesting outside of maybe just only team roping in Arizona. I know we made a trip to Texas, so... Um, we're adding the subscription site, but the truth is, honestly, even if it was doing nothing but funding my rock star recovery bill every month, um, it, the, the, the content has been fun. It's been a blast. So like I said, $1.25 an episode is what you're, what you're investing. It is super easy. Um, and we haven't had, we haven't had one bonus segment yet that hasn't made everybody laugh. It's been fun. We've enjoyed it. So, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to release three free bonus episodes this week, give you an idea. Um, we're going to release three of them this week. You can take a look at them, see what you think. But then also after that, it'll be one per episode. We haven't recorded any podcast without also including bonus episodes. So, um, I would encourage you to check it out. It's fun. Um, I, I really do enjoy it. It's something I've actually, it's been a, it's been an addition to the podcast that I've enjoyed. So check it out. The Flatbed Podcast is brought to you by, um, we say companies, we say sponsors, but reality, it's brought to you by other people. In the same way that you're sitting here listening to this podcast, there are other people who are investing into this process financially that are bringing this to you so that you can listen to it for free. I love that there are people running companies that have the same shared values that we have in this industry. So when we talk to you about the people that are bringing you this podcast, please understand we're talking about a company, but really what we're talking about is the people. I know you've heard me talk about uh, Aquinity products. Uh, the thing that stands out to me about Aquinity is this for my uneducated brain. It promotes the health of the pituitary gland and the pituitary gland is what heals the body. So instead of putting in a bunch of foreign substances trying to create synthetics, what it does is it goes in and promotes the natural health of the body. 
Um, we're excited about people like Trevor and Miles and Jordan Briggs and the people that are standing behind these products, Tyler Wade. There's so many people that are seeing the benefits. It improves muscle support for strength and recovery, stronger collagen, healthier coats and bones, uh, maximizes performance with cell regeneration and increases focus and more response. How does it do that? It does that by promoting the things that make your horse healthy. John Dowdy and his gang are great guys. I would love if, if you see them out somewhere, I know for a fact they'd love if you came and introduced yourself. The 30-day challenge where you get to take pictures of before and after, that's important so that you can see the results. So check them out, teamaquinity.com. So my favorite thing about this podcast is people I'm getting to meet, right? Imagine if there's people you wanted to know more about, but you don't have a podcast. You just have to call them and be like, do you want to talk to me for an hour? <laughs> so I, as an example, David Sharp, Horse trainer, colt starter. Yeah. How would you describe Like, if somebody says, what's your job, what do you tell them? Man, I'm just a real horse trainer, but I think it starts out, I mean, they all start out as a two-year-old, and I still do half of my businesses that. It's half of it still colt starting, and the other half is three- and four-year-old real horses that are coming up. Last year, you won the uh, futurity. Yeah, I won the limited um, reserve, uh, the futurity in Fort Worth there, Jay and them had on a horse that I was able to raise and did everything on. I mean, from halter break all the way through. So it was a cool. I sold him as a two-year-old, and he's by my brother stud, the Jack of Diamonds, um, over there in Louisiana. He, he has a cool breeding program there. and This is normally where I'd say shout-out, but I'm not going to. So <laughs> you want to, though. <laughs> he wants to. Uh, I'm so disappointed you didn't. Uh, I referenced it. Ah, uh, well done. Uh, no, but that that was a cool horse, and uh, I sold him as a two-year-old when he was pretty fancy, and we knew he was cool, and I got lucky enough, sold him to a great client. Um, is now my friend, because uh, I kept the horse for two years. He lives in the show. His name's Curtis Weske, and great guy. He lives in Las Vegas. Um, which, was, La, which Las Vegas? The? The Las Ashley Vegas? lives in Peru. Yeah, Peralta, Nevada. Oh, yeah. And yeah. my head is Las Vegas, my country. So We've also got Taylor's going to keep everybody right. on track. Shout, <laughs> right. shout out, Taylor. <laughs> there, there it is. No, no, but Curtis was, was kind enough to let me keep him. And I think one thing that helped Curtis was every time that he would fly in, where I said the horse was, that's where he was. He would get on him and ride him or right. see me rope on him, or he'd get on him rope, and, like, that's exactly where the horse was. Like, I was honest with him. I was up front at every turn, and, we were able to have some luck there at the Futurity. I think I get to show him again this year as a five-year-old, so that's cool. He should come back to me soon. But he's really he's been with them, like Jack Potton, and his son rides him every day out on the ranch. It's cool. So I had a talk with Les Oswald Tuesday, and he's you know cow horse, rope horse guy. And he said it's getting to the point where it used to be, we'll see if they're going to be cow horse. If they don't work for that, we'll go rope on them. Great. He said, now the rope horse deal is getting younger and younger and younger to the point where if you decide one's not going to make a cow horse, now you're behind on a two-year-old. I despise this. I despise it that you can't just be a rope horse trainer anymore because now if you're going to be a rope horse trainer, you're going to have to figure out a way to start them at two. Yeah. And I, I, I will tell you, I will go on record. I don't care who asks. I, I don't like riding horses at a bad start. But I do not like riding two-year-olds. And really? you've said you've said this, like, man, you got to get them start to finish if you want to be the way you want it to be. Yeah, well, I say that, but a lot of guys don't have time to do that. Their programs are so big and extensive, and they're riding so many. I'm still at the point where, like, I feel like I'm not there, and I still get to ride some really cool two-year-olds. And I think it keeps me sharp, too. I really do. I think uh, half of my day is riding the two-year-olds, and then the other half is the three and four, and eight. I don't. I love it. I still love it. I, I say that I love a good two-year-old. Uh, <laughs> some, some of them come in and man, they're. That's like saying you love babysitting. I, it's not. It's not at all. Because a good one. Yes, man, it is. A good, <laughs> a good one is is special and it's fun and they're thinkers and they're good movers naturally and man, I love a good horse. I still do that. Like I, I love the team roping industry. I do, and I think I'll always be in it, uh, and I'm passionate about it. But. What I'm really passionate about is a good horse. Well, then what's going to happen, not to curse you with this, <laughs> but just to tell you what your future holds. Right. <laughs> if a guy is good at riding two-year-olds and likes it, it's not going to be long until you have as many of them as you want to ride. True. Because there's so many True. people that don't want to ride two-year-olds, but they want to ride one that a good two-year-old guy started. Right. 
they were bragging on yesterday over there at Solo. They were bragging on Ty Benson. Right. Um, I've heard people just brag him up and say, sure. good job he's doing. I don't know, Ty. So, Ty, if you're listening, you want to come on podcast, we can set you up in the stall office here at the Diamond W with a layer of dust and we can make it happen. That's right. But those kind of guys that are good at it, if you can ride one that somebody like that started, I could see getting on a three-year-old. Right. You know, but if a guy's good at it and likes riding two-year-olds, it wouldn't. I don't think it'd be that hard until you could be the two-year-old guy. Like Cutting Horse World, they've got two-year-old guys. That's, That's all right. they do. That's right. I called that a couple of years ago, I think. I said, man, I think you'll. it'll eventually be as the rope horse utility game grows that they'll have to be like two-year-olds for the rope horse. There's going to have to be. For sure. There's too many impatient people like me that, like, I feel like I make okay. I, I do. I feel like I can make good horses, but I like them to be broke when I get there. And with, if, they're not, if they're not started right, it's tough. it carries with them. It's tough, man. Yeah, it just uh, through the whole training, whatever their problem was, they got put in there at two. It's going to be there when they're four. Or five so it's six. like a first impression, right? So yeah. if you meet a person for the first time and they had a chip on their shoulder and they've had a rough day, and they're probably a great person, but like any of us, they have a rough day. It's hard to forget that, right? So no different. Those first rides are first impressions, and I feel like it hangs out with them. And I feel like you get a guy that doesn't know what he's doing, or he pulls around on them, or he's rough with them, and he's not taking his time. I feel like that hangs out with them a long time. And it's hard to shake that. Well, it's if you love it, then that. then what keeps the guy? Do you just love the roping part of it? I do, because I, it's that's very fun. How rewarding is that? That I got to carry one all the way through to the end. Like how many guys? And I that's no not tell to you. That's no <laughs> not to to anybody. Seems, it seems like it would be rewarding, yeah. but at the same time, I've only got one two year old, and to be honest, or he's three, I guess now. And man, it seems like to your point, it yeah. seems like it'd be rewarding. But, oh yeah, for sure. Oh. I'm, so much work. Yeah, I think a lot of times for a long time um, before that horse, shoot, they you, when the horse would get good, they would pull him from you and put him with somebody who, oh, well, I'm going to take him to a trainer now. Right. And in my head, and this is kind of wild, and I thought about this the other day, but I feel like the rope horse industry is kind of like we pay the big names the big money to, to rope on them, to make them head horses or heel right. horses. And they sh- and you should, and those guys should, because it's an expensive thing to do. Right. I know. And they've got helpers and they've got barn help. It's There's a lot of overhead. However, I think those same guys would say the most important thing on a horse is the start. Am I right? I, I agree. I do agree. So, so I think, why, I honestly why think is that's the why industry I... backwards where we're spending less money on the colt starter and more money on the back end? Well, I think... I think that's where the cutting horse reject, rain horse rejects really found their place in the industry because they were started right. So you take them from the cutting horse world and you go to transition them into roping. Well, there's a little bit of a learning curve there, but they got a good start. Have you rode a lot of reject cutters? I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> and I feel like you're about trying to say something smart. No, I just, they're yes. not as broke as you think they would be. You know what I mean? But again, which ones are you getting behind? Because the same right. thing you say about rope horses, like my rope horses ride around broke. Yeah. You know, so maybe maybe if like you get a bad cutter, yeah. maybe if you get a cutter like from Louisiana. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know. I don't know any cutters over there. I don't know. David's from Louisiana. Yeah. How long have you been in Texas? I've been in Texas five years, I think, five or six years now. I keep saying five years, so maybe it's six now, but somewhere around in there. Did you feel like you just had to be over here for what you're going to do? Man, probably. Yeah, I was ready for a new start. I kind of grew up in a, uh, I don't know, a smaller town where I felt, I don't know, now kids say you can be what you want to be or whatever, and I thought you got out of school and went to work because that's what my dad did. Well, he went went to the Army, and I did that, and, and you get out of school, and you and you just go to work. And, and you rode you? horses in the evening, right? It's when, your hobby, yeah. Yeah, and that's what I did. I started Colts, and I amateur rodeo, and that's what I did for years. And I just thought, well, you couldn't really train horses, right? And probably right. in Louisiana, Money's, it would horses be Horses are how you spend money. Right. It would be very hard <laughs> in Louisiana to do that. And there's, I know some guys that do it and do a fine job, but I'm just saying now every third neighbor of mine is a, is a horse trainer. Who's the say. best rope horse trainer in Louisiana? Oh, gosh, man. You're going to leave somebody out, so it's not to hurt anybody's feelings, but like, who comes to mind when you think about people making rope horses? Who's who's in Louisiana? Scott Webster. Scott he, Webster. He's an outstanding healer. Scott, back in the day, won like the high school finals, and I think he rodeoed for a little while and just didn't really like the road. And Scott rides a bunch of them for a lot of guys over there, and I think he's got a – I mean, Scott started a lot, so he knows that end of it. I think now he rides more, more horses that are already going. Can mm-hmm. I say that? Uh Scott's a good dude. He when he amateur rodeos, he kills them off over there. What good. keeps a guy like that from coming over here? 
he didn't have to. He's got all the business over there he wants because if you, you know, there's only a handful of guys that do that over there, and so right. he gets all of it. And right. so he doesn't, why would he leave where he grew up and all his family and what he loves when he gets anything he wants right there? Okay, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tiptoe around this because I yeah. know somebody from the Northwest is going to listen to this. Let me be clear about what I'm not saying. What I'm not saying is if you live in the Northwest, you're a bad horse trainer. Right. Hard stop. I'm not saying that. There's a guy that trains horses right there in Powell Butte, won like the open rain cow horse deal a couple years ago. And, and Stefan, uh, Shane Stefan. Yeah. There, there are good horsemen yeah, up there. Absolutely, yeah. But because there's so few of them, the second, third, and fourth tier horse trainers that would never make a living anywhere else because there's no competition can kind of keep themselves alive. Maybe they don't have to progress. Good on you for coming over here because if you're not doing a good job, you're going to go broke. Like you're right. going to starve because yeah. there is a lot of really good ones everywhere. I would say Arizona, similar. Colorado, Maybe not quite like Texas. Colorado a little bit. You know what I mean? Maybe I in Pueblo. Like, yeah. Well, I think there's more places than that. Colorado with horses and Pueblo. Shout them out. I don't, I'm just saying, I think. Oh, that's funny. You can't think of one. That's weird. For all of them up there, you got all them horse trainers <laughs> yeah. in Colorado. I, th- I really think there's some JD up there. JD Yates. Yeah, I don't. I'm, Trey Yates. I think it's more horse country out Dick there. Dick Yates. Than what, than what, than what, <laughs> I was like, we're not having a lot of Yates. I'm about to get some I just hate just from Colorado. Yeah, yeah, I just hate to discount a whole state that I don't know. Like, that's what I feel like. There's guys like me up there that I feel like do a pretty good job. Ricky Lambert trains calf horses. Laura right Lambert on. trains barrel horses. Right They're on. good trainers from Colorado. Yeah. Uh, Kent Kingsbury and Charlie and them up there rope calves and Wiggins. It's just not, I wouldn't say it's somewhat, somewhat sure. like stands That makes out. sense. That's fair. But, but if you come to Stephenville, that's a steep learning curve. Ooh. Did you ever have a moment where you're like, man, I need to maybe just go back and... Yeah, probably yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think for years, when I first moved over here, I rode mostly horses from Louisiana, Mississippi, which is funny. These people would haul them to me or I'd meet them halfway or I'd go home for a visit and I'd load up a trailer and come over mm-hmm. and I would just ride what I could. Sure. And I would ride 60, 90-day horses and do the best you could. And, man, I'd get them... As broke as I could get them, and I mean broke. I mean, just because they were all I had. So I was going to like, man, this is what I got, so you better do a good job. Send back a good product. And eventually I felt like I got a horse or two from over here, and then guys were like, oh, okay, maybe he knows what he's doing. And What was the first break? Do you remember your first moment of like, wait a minute, I think this is going to work? I don't think I got breaks, man. I'm not being sassy saying that or silly. I don't like mean I, breaks like somebody yeah. helped you. I mean breaks like somebody goes, hey, you're actually doing a good job. We thought you sucked and you don't. Or... <laughs> I, I couldn't answer that. Okay, let me re, let me rephrase yeah. it. What's the first compliment you remember getting over here? Because compliments when a guy's struggling go a long, long way. Yeah. Well, and shoot, even like a year, year and a half ago, or I spent the last year and a half or so over at Slick Robinson's place training out of it. And I mean, I'm sure somebody said something before then about Captain the horse I showed last year because I've had him for a while. But I remember Slick saying something just kind. Just nice. Probably wasn't a big deal. Hey, that horse is pretty. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, just after a run, looking up or something, or riding a cold, he'd be like, there you go. And you just feel like, okay, maybe I'm not an idiot, because I right. felt like that was pretty sharp, too. You know what I mean? Yep. But you're not compliment fishing. You're not looking for because a guy like that's not going to give it. But if he does say something, well, it's a big deal. nobody wants to ever go compliment fishing, yeah. ever. Yeah. But there is nobody... That when you get a compliment from somebody that you respect, uh, that yeah. goes a long way. Because like, I just want to know that I'm doing a good 100%. job. I just want. It's kind of like I guess I'd compare it to being in the ocean. Yeah. And you see nobody, and you see nobody, and you're rowing, and you see nobody, and all of a sudden you pass the boat, and they're like, "Yeah, you're going the right way." You're like, "Oh, thank God." Yeah. You know, but, just some little encouragement that's like, "Oh, I am actually putting out a good product." Well, I think the Futurity did that for me too last year. Like yeah. I think there was a lot of guys back home. Like, oh, he didn't know what he's doing, or you just another whatever. Like, and I am. It doesn't make me anybody special, but it does mean that I'll go out there and bang my head against that rock and get the help when I need it and get around the right guys and put in the hours and wake up at three thirty in the morning to go rope steers with Jordan Allen before the sun comes up to try to be better. I'll put in. I'm not one bit scared to work all day, not twelve hours, not fourteen. Like. Oh, it don't bother me. Yeah. I like. I have a job I get to do. I love a horse. That's right. I eat every meal because of a horse. I pay every bill. Because I love a horse, and so it, the, every one of them is personal to me. I mean that. Like I want them to leave, and I feel like, 
my last name's on them a little bit. Right. You know what I mean? Well, forever. I mean, wherever yeah. that horse goes, you got to help be a part and of that And so process. I felt like the Futurity last year was like a nod a little bit, like, hey, man, maybe you're not lost. Maybe you do know what you're doing a little bit. And maybe to some of those people who did doubt it before, like, oh. And I'm sure now they're saying, well, he did it once. Can he, can he do it again? Maybe. I, yeah, I feel Zero like to one something. I yeah. mean, yeah, I yeah. know, like maybe lightning struck once, but it struck once, sucker. Like, it at did. least it was something. Well, and I feel like, too, just making – friends with the guys and getting around the right guys and getting on their like, horses. Like who, when you say the right guys, who are the guys that... For me, I don't know the right guys for everybody, but I think your right guys have to be a guy that will not only be straight with you, but also encourage it, and, and they, they're further along than you. So for me, it'd be obviously Sleet Robinson. Man, I don't know. I think I ever just wanted to train futurity horses. It, it, there's no reason why he couldn't. He could do whatever. The guy... I'll just say this. He probably doesn't want me talking about it, but, man, I saw that guy one week. So he manages his dad-in-law's ranch up there in North Texas, and uh, he'll leave on, like, a Sunday night and maybe go on with a load of horses. He'll haul three or four horses with him, and they'll ranch. They got really run, like, 9,000 head or something up there. Where at? Where is that place at? Oh, I know it's Birdwell and Clark Cattle Company is the name of it. Okay. It's, it's an hour and a half north of Weatherford. And gotcha. I can't think of the name of the town. 9,000 heads. It's a bunch. And oh, they go up there. And so he would ride. So I remember one week he did that till Wednesday. Then he went to like Throckmorton to like a stock horse show and entered those horses there after ranching on them. <laughs> and he placed on every one of them horses. And then he went Friday and Saturday and jackpotted on them same horses. And I don't know many guys can do that on their horses. That's right. Like, that's right. So when you're around a guy like that, you know, you got something to compare to. Oh God! Like for yeah. me, I'm not saying I wouldn't say I'm like super innovative. Yeah. But if I see it, I have a good time replicating. Absolutely. For me, it's important to go to these futurities every Absolutely. now. Let's. Yeah. I do not want to live at the futurities. That's not yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. I do like taking the horses I'm working on. I'm like, I think he's close. Go try it. See where you're at. Come back and compare. So when you're practicing around guys that are like that, I mean, oh, what an gosh. advantage. Yeah, not just practice. Like, not even open. Just, I mean, that dude does a lot. Just of horsemanship. Just horsemanship. Just riding a horse, warming a horse up. Work. He'll go back there and do grand cow work on a horse before he goes and ropes on him sometimes. He'll go back there and box, just pull one out of the herd. And, like, man, rope a lead steer. And Jordan Allen helped me if. I mean, a ton, uh, just with a more on the head horse side of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, golly. Why is a guy like Jordan Allen, how does a guy like that fall under so many radars? Because it's not a name you hear a lot. He was up there Tuesday, yeah. does a good job, rides good horses. Job. He's yeah. a nice guy. Yeah. Why does a guy like that, it's almost, is he just not needing to get any bigger? Or Oh, I think we got gatekeepers in the industry that when they – there and by like. that I mean there. Well, I don't know. I think we all know. There's a handful of guys that everyone talks about, and then there's a handful of guys that they don't. I don't mean that is shots fired at anybody, but I, the fact that we don't talk about a guy like Jordan Moore is uh, almost laughable because I mean either end, this guy's outstanding, and he's a good dude, and he's good to his family, and why would you not? But I mean, he don't care. He don't need the business. Don't see a. It like doesn't this have to a, be well, but it doesn't have yeah. to be a criticism of the people getting the attention. It's not at to all to say no. I know, and it, to yeah. say, but also, what about these guys? Yeah, right, 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 right. I agree, and I think. I I don't think he would like me even saying that because that's just the type of guy he is. I am sure by now you've heard me talk about Unbeatable Feeds. It's a beet pulp pellet produced by a company that produces 70% of the beet pulp sugar in the U.S. The byproduct is the feed that we're feeding to our horses and cattle. The benefits are unreal. But you can check them out at unbeatablefeeds.com. They're they're available at Tractor Supply. You can get them at Tractor Supply. If you go into Tractor Supply and they don't have it, they can order it. They can put you on a waiting list and have it shipped to them. Um, but the, the, to me, the most remarkable part of this company for all the benefits that we're seeing in our animals are the people standing behind it. Brian Edwardson, his team, Jason Stewart, the people that they've got standing behind this company are stand-up people. Brian is absolutely a game changer in our industry. He used to study commodities for big agricultural companies, and he's bringing all of that to the Western industry. We are all better for having him on our side. So uh, check him out, unbeatablefeeds.com. We live in one of the hottest real estate markets in the Western industry here in Wickenburg. It can be confusing. I know the people from out of town go, okay, where does everything happen? What's in the middle of things? What's the dark side of the moon? Let me tell you, Erin Freeman, she's not only a friend, she is an absolute professional in the real estate industry. You can find her at Erin Freeman Properties on Facebook. You can check her out at erinfreeman.realtor on Instagram and TikTok. 
Here's what I like about Erin. She is from a team roping family. She understands that when you call and say you're looking for arena, you don't mean a riding pin. When you say I'm looking for something with stalls, it doesn't mean four panels chained together. She understands the industry, but she also understands the, the, the lifestyle. One of the things I'll say about Erin, like I said, not only is she great, I don't know if she'd want me saying this, she also kind of keeps her finger on the rental industry too. So if you're looking for a rental, maybe not officially, but I can tell you she knows where it's at. She's also brutally honest. She will tell you exactly what's happening in the industry. If you're too high, if you're too low, if what you're looking for is achievable, if she has in her inventory what you're looking for, you will get an honest assessment from somebody who not only understands what you're looking for, but where to find it. Check her out, Aaron Freeman. You guys, times are changing. We have got technology available to you. When you get to Arizona, you can find your roping. You can find the date, you can find the location. You can even search the website by what jackpot number team roping you're looking for. Ropingcalendar.com. It is a subscription base. You go, oh, well, so is the magazine, dude. Like you can buy a magazine or you can buy the website. So it's not like there's a free option anymore. Ropingcalendar.com. The difference being you can look for only what you want to find instead of looking through all the other ads that you didn't want to find. So if you think about it, if your time's worth anything, we're paying you back. So check it out, ropingcalendar.com. Right, right, right. I agree. And I think, I, I don't think he would like me even saying that because that's just the type of guy he is. He doesn't need the business and he doesn't need the exposure. He's got plenty of business, but I just think it's wild. It's not even about him. It's yeah. about us. Yeah. It's about the people who are a fan of the industry. Sure. Going like, who's that guy? Where's this guy from? That's Where's right. that? You know, I, I, I take tremendous amount of joy in just getting to know the that's people right. and so when you find somebody it's almost more rewarding when yeah. you find somebody that's undiscovered and you're like you do what yeah wait you can do you're doing what you're riding what like i like that and it doesn't mean that you had that it's a criticism about the people that are getting the spotlight at sure. all it's saying like man there's some like hidden jewels of horse trainers out there yeah the world didn't know who andy holcomb was two that's or three right. years ago that's right you he's know? a prime example of that yeah you know? like we didn't know and now he's a like household name in our industry I feel like he didn't just get good that year. No, that's right. We, just, <laughs> we found him. Right. Yeah. Well, he found us with that's that gray right. horse. Yeah. That, we, we all knew when he left. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's crazy because that guy's in California, which, by the way, there are some good, For good sure. hands in California. They're just, I mean, I wouldn't say they're as good as Colorado maybe, but like, there's some. <laughs> but, man, when you look at a guy like that that can show up from the West Coast and be that competitive Agreed. right there in Fort Worth, that's that without really anything to compare to. That's knowing what good is intrinsically so much that when 100%. you're practicing, you're holding yourself to a standard. Yes, sir. It's just remarkable. Yes, sir. Where are you going with it? With with my program? Yes. Where does this all go? Man, I think I want to do what we all want to do, and that's ride our own one day. You know what I mean? Ride, ride our own and, and show our own, but... And have be be. I have great clients, and I don't mean this anyway in a bad way. But like, be as selective as you want to be with the few horses that you do take in. And uh, how I, good how good are you at firing people? When you say being selective, I think you're also selective about who you work for, not just the horses. Right. You want to ride good horses, but you want to work for good people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I how thought, are you when somebody's just a lunatic? I mean, you know me, Jordan. I'm pretty straight up. I don't know about lunatics, but I don't think anybody would want to be around me very long if they were. I'm, walk walk I'm me very, through. Well, walk me through. Give me a trial run. I have just showed up to your house. Yeah, I'm a bad client. I'm getting on your nerves. You've decided life is too short. How does that go? Well, I'm just going to be straight up with you and say, hey, I don't think this is going to work for us, but I appreciate you. And you know what? Here's I, your lead. There's up. a guy out in Wickenburg, Jordan Weaver. I think he would be a great fit for you. And I'd probably, probably send him that guy. Hey, you wife. know how highways work, right? <laughs> yeah. They go both ways. <laughs> I know I haven't had to do, you know, there's been a time or two where it wasn't the best fit, maybe, because I'm very blunt, but that's names. a good thing. Well, you don't have to say names, but like when someone's a bad customer, what are things that people do who are bad customers? And I'm saying this for people who might be listening and want to get their horses into a training program. What are some things to avoid? I mean, pay them on time, first of all, especially for a young guy. And that sounds like it's all about the money, but at the end of the day, a guy's got to make a living. So There's nothing worse than thinking you're going to go to Whataburger and you check your account and there's no money in it because <laughs> the person that's supposed to pay you well, hadn't, so you just don't eat that day. Well, it hasn't been like that that bad, but it has been, you know, before where imagine if you had a nine-to-five job like the rest of America or whatever, and then you, they get paid every two weeks, and then their boss showed up that Friday and said, ah, I'll get it to you here in a few days. That person would have a fallout. Right. But in horse training, it's like, you feed my horse for the month, give them medicine, shoes, whatever they need. That's a, 
you just whatever and then i'll i'll try to get you paid there yeah and i feel like that's tough especially for a young guy like me now like man for guys that have 40 and 50 30 or 40 in their program that's probably not that big of a deal but i feel like for a younger guy that's like tough like hey man this guy takes him a month and a half to pay his you know that's kind of tough now i'm just basically floating this guy alone and training yeah you're the banker at that point right what else what are some other things oh where I'm, I feel like I'm one thing I'm really good about is communicating with them, sending them videos if I can't weekly, every couple of weeks. And if they're, you know, if I think a person was just blowing you up, I try to avoid that by meeting them in the middle and sending stuff if I can. Like being proactive about that's it. That's right. That's right. I think that's kind of tough. And I think just do you, s- silly expectations. Do you know who Chris Littlefield is? Yeah, I do. Melanie Smith yesterday was saying that she sends horses to Chris Littlefield and you don't hear one word. That's right. That's it. He's That's on an right. island. Right. And he's going to do a good job. And he's going to ride your horse, but you're not going to get an update every day. I like, I'm like it. man. That'd be tough. That is a goal of mine. Yeah. I would love to get to a place. And I, I, I'm really fortunate. I like the people I'm working for right now. Sure. I really do enjoy sure. it. Sure. Um, that hasn't. How do you say this? Now I'm being political and trying to make sure I measure my. Work. Have I been political? No. Because we can stop that. Because yeah. I asked you who gets too much press, and you're like, well, I don't want to say. Well, that wasn't a, again, no, 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 wasn't I'm kidding. a shot at those I'm kidding, guys. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. Everybody listening would know that. I'm saying, like, there have been times where there are clients or potential clients that I'm like, I just see it. I just know this is going to be a nightmare. I right. know they're just going to show up unannounced. I know that they're going to assume that me riding their horse means they're going to come over to my house for dinner. Not that I don't want people in my house for dinner, but... When I'm working for him, there's got to be good boundaries. How's that? There's yeah. got to yeah. be good boundaries. And so that idea that Chris Littlefield is so good that Melanie Smith will send you a horse and then you don't call her for four months and she's good with it, man. Well, obviously he's put in the time and built the respect and the trust in her that what I bring you back is what 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 you need. That's what, yeah. That's what, that's what it, you know towards. what I mean? Yeah. I think you he, he didn't just get it that way. He earned respect by putting out a good product well, over I, and over. I actually like sending videos because if something's going good, I really do like Same. seeing well, where it's at or sharing. Like it I like that horse, feedback, too. 100%. Like, if I see a horse doing something cool, yeah. I'd want to see it. Yeah. So I don't mind. I mean, I don't mind being in contact. but Yeah. I think it's good to, for them to see the progression. That You know, I think it helps along the way. And, look, I'm not anything big. I don't know that I need to be giving advice on any of it. But I'll, I will say, like, most of my – so half of mine's like two-year-olds, and like I said, the other half's three- and four-year-olds. And the two-year-olds, at least now my two-year-olds aren't like, you know, five, six, seven years ago, hey, throw, throw 30 days or 60 days on, you know. Right. Now they're with me for a couple of years or for six months or at minimum four months. You know what I mean? Where that I can get such them. a difference. Maybe. Right. And these horses are headed somewhere to right. people. Now these clients are like handy ropers themselves that are thinking about either futurity on themselves or leaving them with me like most of my there's stuff, a game plan there is that's what i like now I, what i don't want to do is get into the thing where i used to you would put a handle on a horse and then not know what he was going home to what is right. he was he going to get real for the next two months you hope it goes well you don't these people now i feel like are are a upper level of client in the way that they they are performance people or they're breeders or they they have something in mind like you said a game plan and i like to have a game plan i'm a big game plan guy is there any time like a client will surprise you where they do something just above and beyond and cool and you're like man i didn't even know to ask for that oh well that if i say no then that sounds like my clients aren't good but i have great clients i mean i feel like just the fact that they let me ride oh yeah i mean yeah i guess so uh I think more than anything, just encouragement that they like what the, right. what I'm sending back or what they're seeing in video. I mean, that goes a long ways with me. I don't need a pat on the back. I say that, but then when you get it, you're like, man, but that did that was nice. I've got a client you know? right now. It's a racehorse guy, and I I love talking to him because he's a horseman. Right. He understands the business of horses, right. and I love picking his brain. Like it's an added bonus to me. I almost feel like I ought to be paying him to ride his horses or paying him to get to ride his horses because. He'll call and go, well, in our business, we do this, 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 and this. I'm like, oh, shoot, that makes sense. They're like, we try to think of it this way. You know, he's got horses that sure. are worth significantly more than anything I'm riding, but that's been an added bonus is getting to ride horses for horsemen. That I enjoy. I, I, I have one mare. Okay, so the one of the, the mare, I'm, one of the horses on Futurity this year, she's a four-year-old right now, and I had her as a yearling on a halter broker. I uh, also bought John Studd, the Jack of Diamonds. He's the same, and, and so I... Uh, I got her back as a two-year-old, and I rode her about her whole two-year-old year, and she was cool, cool when she left. I mean, in the bridle, track and lead steer around, and was like, 
man, she would ride around. She was really nice. Horse. Exciting for people who like to ride two-year-olds. Yeah. She, well, at this point, she rode around like a good three-year-old when she yeah. left as a two-year-old. She was in. I put her in a light bridle. Riding and she was pretty like a horse. Yes. And uh, she went home as a three-year-old, and they rode through the cows a handful of times and rode around the house there. And then I got her back this winter right before I went to Arizona. I got her back, and, man, uh, I really like her right now. All that to say... I've built trust with this client over the years. That's, she wasn't the first one I rode for him, but she was the best one. And I've, right. I've earned trust with them where now they're getting, they want to get a Riata Buckle horse that's also Royal Crown eligible. And they, you know what I mean? They want to oh, get yeah. more in, in, yeah. into they're it. They're getting more IQ on the business. They are. And so that's, I feel like, so that's something that was surprising. I didn't see that coming. And that's awesome. And I'm excited about it. Now it's just to find one, right? right? Big enough to head and head on. And, um, well, of course, you got to find a part way running horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you got to find something anyway. Uh, but that so when I yeah I really do I, I ride for some really cool people now. It, yeah. uh, it used to be like whoever, whatever, and now I get to be more selective, and I got a waiting list of people, and that's it's a lot better than it was. You know? Where do you where do you want to end up? You know, is like Stephenville for a guy that's doing the horse deal. Is Stephenville about the only place to be? No, I think I would love to. So I would love to be in Stephenville in the summer and spring months, and I would love to be in Wickenburg in the winter. I really would. I think a guy needs to start right now putting a plan together on how to breed Wickenburg horses. Yep. You know, they're training rope. They're making rope horses now. But they're, I, I think we're to the point a guy could think about breeding for big, pretty, gentle team roping horses. Right. Because everybody wants performance. Everybody thinks performance. And it's to a degree, yes. To a degree, yes. But I don't know why out there with the money that they're going for, maybe maybe it's that you just pick the gentle ones out of what we already got. I don't know. But it would be interesting to know, being in Arizona enough and looking at what the market is there, if you just have to buy them like that, they're just too gentle, they didn't make it, so they go to Arizona or what. But it's almost two different programs because you come to Texas and the kind of horses that people are looking for here are different. Right. You know, to be Texas, Arizona, a guy's got to decide, am I loyal to the Texas market and I'm just making those horses while I'm in Arizona? Or am I loyal to the Arizona market, and I'm just training those horses while I'm in Texas? I think a guy, I think a good horse. I'm old school, so I think a good horse is a good horse. So why I say that, where the horses that I'm going to show and then I'm going to compete on are they're broke horses. Like you cannot snap the tie down and go out there and do a do a day's work on them if you want, or you can like Taylor has patterned them on barrels like we took the four-year-old last year before Fort Worth and we showed him at the Pitzer Invitational and she ran barrels on him too. And what like, is that, the Pitzer Invitational? Man, it's like uh, for four to six-year-olds and you got to be, it's kind of like an stallion incentive deal where you, if you buy one from them, then you pay in, then you go up there and like they have an all-around where you, they do barrels, head it, heel on the horse, a ranch sorting deal, and then they do a ranch challenge deal where you run through a river and drag stuff, and just kind of an all around horse yeah, yeah. show. And so yeah, and so you go up there, and then the all around takes like oh I don't know twenty five thirty thousand or something like that if you win the all really around. yeah for if you win the all around I don't know about the individual events, but uh, I say that to say like I think my horses are all around horses where if you were an older guy in Wickenburg and just wanted something gentle. I hope that my horses compete at a high level. I do. That is the plan, always. But my goal is to make a good horse, and that doesn't all. A good horse isn't always a horse that competes at a high level. And if he does, like the one I showed last year, and then he can go home to a number three roper, and that guy can get along with him and head on him, and his son can get on right. him, right on. That's right. what. That's ideal. But the main thing is that when they get home, that they fit the client. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I I think that. So, what? How much? How much life led to you deciding you want to train horses in Steveville? Because it's not something somebody just wakes up and decides they can do. What, I, what was the thing that put you over the edge? Just thought I actually can make a living doing this. I don't know that I ever thought it. I just think it kept getting a little bit bigger, and it. And I say bigger, not that I'm big at all now. It kept getting a little easier, and you kept getting around, and you learn this, and you learn this, and the, I mean. You stay in the saddle, you you take a mediocre rider and you put him out here around the right guys and you stay in the saddle long enough every day on enough horses, you figure out, 
like I think you will. You'd be a pretty, and I'm a, I ask questions. I listen to podcasts. I'll go, I'm not one bit scared to go watch your Ann Cowhorse show and sit back there in the back and watch them in the warm up pen or go to the other day we hauled out and she hauled some horses to exhibition and uh, Cassie Mowry was there and to watch her hands and try to watch what she's doing. And it, you, that might be silly to a lot of people, but to me, you can learn something. Still horsemanship. Yeah. yeah, 100% it is. So why not get around those people? I'm going to go to World's Greatest every year and watch those guys. It's inspiring. Yeah. I'm going to go to Snaffle Bit every year and watch those guys. It's inspiring. And then when you see that, you're like, man, they put on jeans just like me. I just got to get out here and do it. Every time I go to one of those yeah. things, I'm like, I should quit. Oh, no. I See, I feel the opposite. I feel encouraged, like, man, you can get a horse to do this. This is awesome. Like, I don't know that I can, but I feel like, why not? That guy probably felt like that. Just a little bit That guy probably felt like that at one time, right? He probably felt like. Yeah, I probably didn't feel that way when he was 40. Right. Well, (laughs) real. Yeah, you're. Well, and it took me so long. I feel like to answer your question on that was just because I didn't really believe you could really do it for a living. You had yeah. to be this type of guy from this place and you keep doing it, you keep doing it. And you're like, man, I'm kind of paying bills. Like this is kind of work. Cause I mean, I worked part-time jobs out here when I first moved out here and hustled. What, and kind, of, what kind of part-time jobs? Shit. I had one where I did uh gut, like, uh, what do we dig? Sprinkler systems. Yeah. Dug out those and man, here in Texas. Yes, yeah, sir. And it is get you all that and then go home and get on a handful of horses in the evening. You you better want it. Is that why? Because I used to install, when I was in high school and college, I used to install septic systems. And there's no faster way to lose friends than tell them what you do for work, right? Because they're like, septic? What do you yeah. It was new systems. Right. But all day, all day long, and for a long time, to the point, like, I don't, I'll never forget what I felt like on those days. I'll never forget how tired I was. I'll never forget how sweaty I was. Like, you go to move a hammer, and it's so hot, it hurts your hands in the same weather you're working in. And I think there are times where you've got that to refer back to and you're like then i'm gonna figure this out that's right i would rather have a bad day on horses than a good day anywhere else and i mean that wholeheartedly that's not a line well truth is truth is i really i mean it sounds simplistic i really do love horses yeah i love the horse industry i love watching the kentucky derby i love watching the cutting horse maturity i love watching the nfr i like watching the calgary horses because a good horse is a good horse right yeah well like like the calgary horses it's not a horse I want to ride, but he's good at what he does. <laughs> right. Still cool, and he does it every single time. There's those big base streak face CS yeah, on their cool. on the shoulder, yeah. and just do it every Agreed. single time. I you know a horse that is consistent will give you what they got every time is is fun to me. Agreed. And so you're gonna pour through a lot of horses to get to great ones, right? Right. And it, it's hard for me to want to put a lot of effort into one that just doesn't want to do it, yeah. one that doesn't want to make it. That I don't love. I don't love mediocre horses. I feel like my brothers helped me so much there. No, I mean, uh, man, that study has put such a good mind on them, and it made things easy for me early and made horses maybe look better than what I was early. Does right. that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know? great horses make good trainers. Yeah, I mean, it did. It made me look like I knew what I was doing a little bit when I was still figuring it out. And I still am, not to say that I have, you know, but like I have a better idea about what I'm looking for now and how to get the, get there. And I think that helped me tremendously. And so people that knew his stuff or bred his stuff would send me. So I always had two or three from him at saying, still do. Right. And so that's been really beneficial to me to to start having horses come in through him. Like, you know. What's, what's the thing you learned when you got to Texas that you thought was right and turned out to be wrong? Like, what's the biggest thing you went, oh, wait a minute, I've been doing that wrong. Oh. And who taught it to you? Oh, gosh. Okay. Uh, slick. <laughs> yes. I don't know that, yeah, for all, Slick's explanation of it made some more, some more sense because I was somewhere in the middle from going to those cow horse shows and watching those guys' hands. So we see the horse trainer, I'm making quotes right now, at the jackpot, and he's on a colt, and he's tooling him around, and he's got his hands down by his knees, and he's yeah. and he's popping yeah, on yeah. it, right? Right. And he's fingertips, and you could tell, hey, this guy, he's a, he's a horse trainer. Wow. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I said it. And so, so this guy's also posting in his seat at a trot doing this. So we know he doesn't have the horse framed up because no. he's posting. Right. And he's also got his hands down by his knees trying to get the trying horse. Trying to make it look like a Western pleasure. I guess he's trying to get it to break of the pole. And, I don't, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I wasn't that guy at one point because I probably was <laughs> yeah. back in Louisiana. Well, that's what because, people do. You look around, you're like, that's Well, what that guy do. must that's be right? a trainer. Yeah, I'll try it. So then 
I was somewhere in the middle of that and what I am now. But then I got over slicks one day, and I probably resorted to what I was doing. Because, again, I'd been to cow horse shows, and I'd figure out how they were briling them up, how they were framing them up with their leg, pushing them in their briling, and squeezing, and getting a little bit of lift right there with their fingertips. And it and I may be describing that terrible, but I think— I think people would, get the idea. Right. And Hands I remember— your fingers, probably a really straight back. Yeah. Probably some silver on your saddle. <laughs> yeah. And so— Jet black leather leggings. Oh, We've been there. We know. We get uh, it. So I, I was doing that, and I remember Slick being like, like, what are you doing? And I'm so thankful he did. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm working it's on— easy, bud. I'm working on— Training. <laughs> working on getting him soft. And he was like— how? <laughs> and I love a question like that because then you got to answer it. Like, well, I don't know. Isn't this what you do? You know, <laughs> like, I think, oh, well, I was doing it wrong. This is how I really do it. You know, and yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's yeah. embarrassing. But that's a love. That's a love that somebody has for you that's willing to go, all right, stop, stop, pull up. Yeah, because, okay, so now it's like when I, when I want a horse to come to me, I would lift up because I know his natural reaction was to get soft and come into that and get away from that. And then you, your release has to be money right there, and you can get us. Not that we want a team roping horse just traveling around with his head tucked down, anyways, all the time. But I do. You want it I, there when you ask. When I it. pick up on the bridle reins, I want there to be a response, and I think that's such a basic thing. So he walked you through that. He was like, Yeah, yeah I mean, a walk sounds nice, but yeah, he was. <laughs> he made me feel like an idiot in the best way. But now to this, there day, is I, nothing. There is nothing yeah. worse than somebody go. What are you doing? And you're obviously doing it wrong. And you're like, uh, well, so <laughs> what I was doing. Yeah, I was, probably there were probably like one thousand moments like that hanging out with him. Uh, but that one stands out because I see so many people do it now, and I know what you're trying to accomplish. I get, and you don't know because you've only, and you hadn't been around the guys I got blessed to be around. But those guys aren't always peaches either. You know what I mean? Doesn't it like, kind of make you mad though at the people that gave you bad information? Because you're like, you think about those people you watched doing it, and you're like, I trusted you. <laughs> yeah, and I think some of it, maybe early on, I don't know if it was a pride thing or just being a general team roper where you, you don't ask. Like, you, oh, well, yeah, I know. I saw a guy do that. So yeah. you do it, and then you get out there, and you're like, oh, well, that's not how. And it's so This easy. horse sucks. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, and I don't spend a whole lot of time on that now, getting them to bridle up, but I do, all of mine do that when every Because later, don't. okay, well, tell me this. So here's an example. So we talked about that and, and having a little bit of lift instead of pulling straight down to your knees and get softness. So later, when I put that horse in a bridle, Jordan, how how can I get that horse to do that? My hands can't go down by my knees. I've got right, him by one hand. that's the cue, then right? how do you recreate it? So later, if I can lift right there and get a little bit of lift, yep. then he can come to me. Yep. But I, does that make sense? Yeah, you can't replicate the posture no, with you, your hands down. You cannot. And so I think now it, what that did was like, it helped me there, but it also helped me think about riding a two-year-old. Always think, because for a long time, I think I might have got him really handy in a snaffle. Yeah. Really handy, I felt like, you know, for especially for the team roping industry. That sounds arrogant, but I don't mean It's it coming. Way. Hey, it's coming. Even if people don't want to talk about it, it's yeah. coming. Those horses are going to have to, if they're going to be competitive. Yeah. They're going to have to be broke because there's going to be so many yeah. of them that are that if you got the one that's not, you're right. going to be able to give them away. Right. So maybe we're not quite there, but it's it's on its way. I think I was good at that. And then the and then getting them in the bridle, the transition was a really tough place for me. And now I think always training a two-year-old with a mindset of when I put my leg on him, I want him to move off my leg. When I pick up my hand, I want him to come. It's real basic stuff, but it's that translates through the snaffle to the bridle. That's how I want him to be later on. So right. why not start teaching it to him right now? Who's the best two-year-old guy right now? Like in the rope horse industry? Both. Oh, I don't know. I don't know enough of them guys. There's not enough of those guys out there. Those guys don't get the credit, right? Because what happens is those guys go win. By the win. time the horse is winning something, he's with someone else. Yeah, and they say, man, tell me about your horse. And he says, oh, man, he was really green when I got him. You know, nobody no talks about the, nobody talks about the first 100 to 200 days to get that man, horse to that place. Man, I've gone back and forth on this one because my gray, I wasn't trying to take all the credit on that horse. Right. He was six years old when I got him. And, like, they roped him. Wait, you had a gray horse? Tell me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't know the people. I bought him on a Facebook app. Right. And he had some habits I felt like I had to fix. I wasn't saying I did all the work on this horse from the time he was in a halter. I was not. It was not. But I felt like 
man, I want to give people like credit for the work they put. I just, right. did, I bought them on a Facebook. I never met the person I bought them from. So it wasn't like I had some sort of relationship, but that's a weird one because when the horse won something, he just bought him for me. So of course I get all the credit for that horse. I know there are people out there that are like, you know, Jordan was a gatekeeper on that. I wasn't trying to be. Right. I just didn't know him. Like who, I, I, I can't, I can't remember the name of the lady I bought him from. It was like some Facebook ad. Right. That was it. And, and since then, the Hagans and some people have reached out like, sure. hey, we had some connections that That's horse. Awesome. Like, it's certainly not to try to like, no, me, I'm the only, you know, pretty girl at the party. It's that I try. I mean, I try to let people know. Like the horse I just sold Brenton came from the Flitners. They've had a whole bunch of them. They've had a whole bunch of good ones. That guy's pocket coin is a good stud. His babies yeah. are good. I like giving people their flowers. Right. It's just there are times where you don't know what they were. Sure. I see it a lot, though. Like, I mean, there's always somebody that put the first 100, 200 days on that horse. And more often than not, it ain't the rope horse trainer that's showing him. You know what I mean? And have, you ever, have you ever seen that gray horse of lightnings? Yeah. Who put the first 100 days on that horse? I don't know. Why would you bother? There's no way that horse is going to make anything. He looks like a, he looks like if you dug up his bones, you'd have found a dinosaur. <laughs> what? This is no joke. He gets loose out here. We're having a barrel race every right. time. Did I tell you the story? I think so, yeah. He well, gets out of his stall and he's running around, and one of the girls at the barrel race comes like, hey, do you guys have bucking horses? I go, huh? <laughs> she goes, there's a bucking horse loose back there in the stalls. I love it. I go, no, there's not. Yeah, big gray bucking horse. Oh, oh I, know. I think that, I might know yeah, it. Yeah, I know. No. But he looked, he did. He looked yeah, like a bucking huge. horse. So somebody, to their credit, and I wish they I wish they could get the credit, was yeah. somebody saw that big dragon-looking sucker and put the first 100 days on him, and I am sure it was a nightmare, or at least work. So they did the people at that phase deserve to get the credit. They just don't. Always. I'm now getting to the point where, like, I get to ride behind some two year old guys. Uh, Who's your favorite? I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You I really can't I don't. name one that you like. Because no, because that's a new thing where, like, it's always been either keep my two year old and right. and take him all the way take through, the way through right. or they leave and go to somebody. So now I sometimes get some horses or hey, this guy wants a jackpot on him. They're riding around a little bit. They come to me. And who's the worst one? Man, I would not know that. Would you say it if you could think of who the worst two-year-old Yeah, I think it? we both know I would say it. <laughs> yeah. I, I could tell. But I, it, riding behind the wrong guy is maybe wor- worse than riding behind. How, do I, how would I say that? Riding behind the wrong guy is so much worse than the goodness of riding behind a good guy. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's good to ride behind a good guy, but it's way worse to ride behind a bad guy. 100%. Like, man, that's tough. Because, again, first impression. So you get this sucker in and he rides like a covered wagon, and you got to put some feel in him, and somebody took all the feel out of him. He's already got calluses. Oh, man, that's rough. That's a tough gig right there. And so I I say that about those rope horse trainers, getting those horses – I bet they get a lot of them in there that they're like, sheesh. Can someone please just become the two-year-old guy? Like, who would that be? First of all, I want to tell you about Bales Hay, the YouTuber. If you guys haven't followed Trevor Bales on YouTube or social media, let me tell you, it is the best agricultural social media account going. But that's not... That's less important than the kind of products they're producing. I've got hay. I I joked in the last ad, it feels like hay you could eat yourself. Um, Here's what stands out to me about Bales Hay. I can feed less of it and get the same results. I'm putting this with unbeatable feeds and equinity products, and I'm telling you, my hay has gone down. The amount of hay I have to feed to get the same results has gone down feeding higher quality alfalfa. You guys check them out at baleshay.com. If you're thinking, wait, he produces hay and his name is Bales, I agree. I'm with you. What are the chances? So check them out. Bales Hay, you guys go look them up. They can deliver. Here's the thing. They can deliver anywhere in the nation. They've got trucking. You need it, they can get it to you. And I know for a fact, having been raised in some places where alfalfa doesn't grow, it will blow your mind the effects of the hay hay that's grown right here in Arizona. It's the best hay in the world. It can be delivered to you. Check them out. Bales Hay. Ranch and solar lighting update. Uh, I told you I was going to get them. told you I'd give you an update. Let me tell you what. I am the only person in the state of Arizona right now that does not have a tan. I rope every night. My horses don't get hot. My ropes don't get destroyed. The sand isn't as hot. My steers last longer. I could go on and on. I, this has changed my entire year. I've been able to keep outside horses I thought I was going to have to send back because it was going to be too hot. And they just announced they're releasing stadium lights. You can get on the list right now and order stadium lights. They they figure it's going to take eight of them to light an entire arena at the price of $7,500 out 
the door. That means stadium lights at your arena, $7,500, no install, no electric bill. And I'll tell you what, here's what I did, full disclosure. I said, Ayla, I know these are gonna sell out here. Would you let me be a dealer? Like, it's the only company I've done this with. I would be, I would happily be a dealer. So hit me, let me know. If you want to, if you, I've got the portal on my phone. I can walk you through it. If you want lights, let me know. It has changed my life. You guys check out the 1017 Project. You've heard me talk about it. Uh, we are donating hamburger from Roped Out Rope and Sears. We've been in business since 2014. Last year in 2022, we donated a little over $700,000 of hamburger to food banks, after school programs, women's shelters, anywhere that is making food available to those in need. So if you want to support the 1017 Project, you can check it out at our website, 1017project.com, all of the social medias. Uh, we've, had some, we've had some people come in on the podcast and go, hey, we heard about it. We love it. We want to support it. Let me tell you the most amazing number that we can provide. We can put a pound of hamburger, a national cost of about $5.30, $5.20, one pound of hamburger into a food bank for every dollar that comes in. So if you're thinking to yourself, well, it's a charity. What percent of my dollar actually goes to the cause? Because I know there are bad ones. We can take your dollar and turn it into $5.20. Bet. Check us out. You want us to prove it? We can. Check it out. 1017project.com. I say that about those rope horse trainers getting those horses. I bet they get a lot of them in there that they're like, sheesh. Can someone you please know? just become the two-year-old guy? Like, yeah. who would that be? They said Ty Benson, obviously, and I don't know Ty, but I've heard that name a lot lately. Drigger has a guy over there, huh? Uh I, th- I think I he's think got a right. I, I think, think he, does. he does. And if I knew his name, I would say it. I'm not right. playing dumb right now. I've right. heard great things about that, and I don't know him. Man, like, but I, like, come on. Two-year-old riders out there, hey, if you're listening, come on. I'm hey. trying. I mean, like, I like that Am part. I talking of, to him? Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that, but I like okay, it. Okay, let me ask you this. If tomorrow you could have your barn 32-year-olds, and that's all you're doing, you're not going to rope anymore, you're not going to go for charity anymore, you're just going to ride all two-year-olds, would you do it? If those two-year-olds stayed in my program through their four- or five-year-old year, yes, but I wouldn't take 30 because I think a guy right. Well, you couldn't at that point because you got nothing coming in behind. It would be like a one-time deal, and then you'd start all the way over two years behind, right? Because then if you've got 32-year-olds, well, then you're adding, I mean, you're to 80 horses. Well, 32-year-old, here's where that's here's where that de- the two-year-old is different from the rope horse deal because you can get a rope horse, and like Andy was talking about on his, and I don't know him, uh, but he was saying – he runs five or six a day on them, you know, and yeah. on Monday he was going through his schedule. I like that, and I do – that's what I would do with a rope horse, run five or six good ones and, yep. get, you know, and then try to ride them outside one day. And so we, we do that. I think the two-year-old deal is so much more time-consuming because you, you can't, can't get, get off of them until they're done. No, and so especially early on, right, where you're groundworking them all out, man, you talk about some – that takes some time, yeah. you know, and so you're camping out on them and showing them stuff and taking them outside. So that's how long does a two-year-old guy need to be the two-year-old guy before they go on to the next guy? I mean, like say a cutting horse two-year-old guy, how long does he have them? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not in that industry. I would be lying if I. T- I mean, I don't know. I would think he would have them most of his two-year-old year and his three-year-old year, but I don't. I guess that would depend on their client. It's not like something first ninety days or something like that. I would think it would probably be more than that. Be my guess. You know, I know like in the rain and Fapani and those guys like that. I know that their two-year-old guys are on them say the fall after the futurity, mm-hmm. and I think he gets on them sometime that summer. So eight months. Yeah, I mean, granted, like there's his assistants. He's there with them. He can right. tell them, hey, do right. this, don't Try do this. this. Yeah. They're just traveling around outside and riding them in loping hacks and, you know, just right, left, stop, go. Okay. Switch gears. Yeah. I wonder this all the time. And being in the ministry background, I think you're geared towards, like, the meaning of things. Like, why is something significant? Why mm-hmm. is something important? Right. Why does team roping matter in the world? Man, I think because it makes people's heart happy. And especially when you get to do it with a buddy that's special. And so I think that I also think when we get to do it on the back of an animal that God created us for us to enjoy, that's a special bond too. So you got that times two. Everything in team you know, is you that know, there's two. somebody out there that's like fighting with a bad one. It's the only one they can afford, and they yeah. get screwed into buying a crippled one, and they're fighting with him. And they hear you go, an animal that God created for us to enjoy, and they're like, I disagree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I would think that animal would probably say. You know, they he, disagree too. <laughs> he, he got the rough end of the deal early on to himself. So, uh, and not that they're all going to be superstars, but I think most, especially modern day horses, especially, I get to ride some cool bloodlines and some cool stuff now. And like, man, 
it's so much just easier than I can imagine what it used to be like. Just when I hear stories, I'm like, I don't, I feel like I'm a hand, but I don't know how handy I'd have been back then Dude, when I grade, hear those stories. Grade team roping horses were normal not that long ago. Yeah, it was the norm. Yeah, it wasn't like what's he got? He doesn't have any papers. Oh, that's that was not that long ago. And when you're riding grade horses, you do not know. No. Well, he's supposed to be out of this, or that was supposed to be out of that, but. It's no. a it's a crapshoot, and you might be getting on a double-bred, dirty, rotten bucking sucker, and you yeah. don't know anything because you got no pedigree. And now I kind of got a Rolodex in my head after years of riding colts of, like, I don't know, crosses or different studs I like or horses Which I ones like. don't you like? Man, that sounds rough because then somebody breeds them. Oh, and really? Then... Your best friend's on all these studs? No. No, no, no. No, I'm just saying, like, there's, I say it, and then I have an obvious enemy out there because I don't like oh, a Patty's Irish whiskey. I don't really like it. And somebody probably gets on along record, with it. I will go on record saying I do not like Patty's Irish whiskey. I really don't like the it. the ones that I've had, yeah. my little perspective, my little corner of the world is, they buck. Play guns. I like everyone, play guns. Everyone I've been around bucks. I, like, I have never been around a play gun that didn't And buck. I have. And I liked them because I liked how violent they were when they turned. They did nothing halfway. They were all about it. Everything. And they That's how tough. they buck, too. <laughs> I, no, mine all didn't. In. Mine didn't. But. Uh, so it's not that, and I'm not sitting here running bloodline. Look, man, some guy out there listening to this is like, oh, I got a pair of shots listening. It's great. Maybe. Well, great. he needs to start a podcast and talk yeah. about whatever yeah. he wants. I guess, I guess so. <laughs> but I, yeah, that's tough. You know, I mean, it was, I don't know. What do you like? Cow. Cow bread. I like them big enough to. That's very specific. I appreciate you. Really I, well, it is. Well, okay, well, what do I like? I mean, I like. I like that pits are crossed on my brothers, but I like it outcrossed on something. What would you cross your brother's stud on? Because you got a bay right now. People haven't seen him. It's hard to describe. Like he yeah. is dirty, rotten, nice. Yeah. And he's three. Yeah. Acts like a horse, rides like a horse, looks like a horse, yeah. three years old. He's going to be so ready for his four-year-old year. Yeah. What would you, what's his name? Shout out Major. Yeah. Shout out Major. Yeah. What would you cross that stud on to try to recreate that sort of horse? Well, he's a Pepto Boons, he's out of a Pepto Boons Mall, a little Toronto bread mare. So he's kale, like cutting kale on the bottom type deal. And uh, I don't, man, there's a lot of cool studs out there. Like that Time for the Diamonds horse is cool. Mm-hmm. Nick Dowers, uh, Driggers. Horse is cool. It's a big gray horse. What is he? Metallic payday. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. The one about the sorrel that Jake Cooper. Heck, I was just about to say him. He was the next one. Man, I like him. I think he's a cool horse. I love that he's so good and he's just sorrel. And I know we keep 100%. Yeah. Like when it's a good sorrel that's just quiet you looking, but it. is just so nice. Because you can't beat a good horse. You it looks like something. It don't you matter can just throw Split reins on, no tie down. He's gonna go be a cowboy. Yeah. I remember how bum we were because. As a baby, the little bay I have now, Major, we just talked about him, but he was, we thought he was Roan. And then when we got him, he was like straight bay. Uh, and we were so, like, his mom and dad were both Roan and pretty horses. And we knew him. And oh, we were like, you know, oh, God, he's just a bay. Yeah, I swear he's the prettiest bay ever now. But like, I wouldn't care what color he is as long as he rode like when that. When they're like that, when they're like that, it's cool. And it, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm as bad as anybody. Like, yeah. I like chrome and color. Yeah, sure. and I think it's cool. Don't get me wrong. I do. I like it. But man, when there's something that's that nice, that's just common. A hundred percent. It's a different kind of cool. A hundred percent. No, so I'm glad you brought up that 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 stud of Jake's. I think that's a cool stud. And yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. I mean, a lot of them. Uh, and I keep saying my brother's stud. Like he, like dude. There's a million studs in the rope horse industry that are great. I've rode a lot by him, but like, there's a lot of cool. I'm. I got a own daughter. I don't stop believing right now. Now she'll be too small to head on, but like, man. Just ride kidding. five like loping yeah. her around sat down on her and she just drug her butt I didn't pull on her face my hand was forward I just sat down it's on just her. in there it's just in there I like going back to that point real yeah. quick I like that Caleb Schmidt's big bay doesn't have a tail because <laughs> that is the nicest calf horse of all time yeah. and there's no like chrome or or he's superficial just, anything he's just, he is just dirty rotten substance to the core and I love that his tail is ugly and it's like oh well man there's a lot of cool and Slick's got a Bama cat that I think is one maybe the, one of the nicest Rope horse industry How horses about in Texas. Bama Cat just establishing himself as a rope horse dude. because, like, that big sorrel that Trevor won the four year old doing right. on Tuesday, right. he's crossed on a Fury of the Wind mare, yeah, and he's big, yeah. And then he's got those little Bama cats that he heals on that are not very big, right. it's, it's like that stud throws himself in, or throws the mares, yeah, like whatever the mare is, that's what the baby's gonna be, right? Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of cool ones out there. I, well, I don't know what my favorite would be, but I think it's cool that we get to get to get on all of them you yeah. know what i mean and learn a little bit from all of them because the tougher ones make you 
the good ones, they're fun, but the tougher ones make you because then you go to beating your head up against a rock and you pick up the phone and you call your buddy. I'll call Kate or I'll call Slick or something on Jordan and say, man, what am I doing? I got a buddy, Brennan Harmon. He, he trained for Chris Cox or with Chris Cox under him for four or five years there. And I think one thing Brennan's real good about is getting in the mind of a horse. And so I enjoy talking. That's to fun to watch somebody who's good at oh, that. Oh, man, he's so good. He's yep. so good on the ground with one and just tying himself to a horse and tying himself to their mind. And so having I went over there for a while in the mornings. Once I saw that he could do that just to try to get some of that, I'd haul some colts over there and we'd ride together. He's just a good guy too. But I think Brennan – like getting in the mind of a horse is an interesting thing because that's something that a lot of guys don't do. They get on and they worry about the body of the horse, and right. I think a good guy right. can do both. What you is know. the bay horse going to do? You going to sell him? Man, if I do, it, somebody will know it. I mean, that's not the plan. I would like to have him and show him, but he, I don't. I we're not big sellers, like Taylor and I. Like we don't. I say that, and we. I saw like if I sell one, if you see me have one for sale, he's probably going to be too much horse for a client, or he's not going to fit their deal. Okay. And so I'm going to say, hey, this is a good horse, but he don't fit your lifestyle. You're too busy. This guy right here, you know, he's going to be a little watchy for a while. Or and that that doesn't happen often. That's happened once or twice where I've told a client that I sell a horse for them, get their money out of them all good everything's right. good but you also need to be honest with them too because they're going to go home and find out you know i'm not sending home bronx but i'm also just because they're not a bronc doesn't mean they can't be dangerous you know what I mean? well and they can be dangerous by trying too hard yeah you know you can get from yeah. somebody that's right like just too turny for this person's level of riding or whatever you know and so i i think with my little bay i don't i mean the plan is to show him next year as a four-year-old and you know, if somebody just had to have him, I would maybe do the deal on, yeah, we'll do that, but I get to show him like I did with my own, you right. know. I think that, that that's fun if I, if they leave me and they get to stay with me. And I, But, man, he's... It's like I, your little, little boy right now. Yeah, he's he's exciting. Okay, we're about to go into the bonus episode. Yeah. We've only done one of these. Oh. So we're about to go subscription-based because as much as I love this podcast, I'm trying to make a living. So the podcast is officially going to be done now. We're going okay. to go to the bonus episode. So subscribers, you're going to get to listen to all these stupid questions. Man, I appreciate it. We're going to go ride some horses. Yes, sir. I appreciate you jumping on. If people want to get a hold of you, how do they get a hold of you? Man, I'm on uh, my business is Sharp Horses. So I got a Facebook business page. We got an Instagram, Sharp underscore horses. And then I got a TikTok too. You got I'm, room for more? I got room for good ones. Uh, I'm, I'm full right now. I got now. room for good ones. I got there room for is. good ones. Awesome. Yes, Thanks sir. for jumping on. Yes, sir.